This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to your latest episode of Every Step Along the Way. This week we talk through the opening day defeat at the Den. We hear the latest news from the club before looking forward to our first home game this season versus Blackpool. Hello, so yes, I'm in the unfamiliar chair this week, which means I get to do the greetings. So Andy, Mike, we'll start with you, Andy. How are you, mate? Not too bad. I'm finally going back work at the end of the week, so I don't have to worry about sitting down and doing nothing. So, at least I'm going to be occupied. You've got them the, the comedic-sized bandages off your toes now, then? Yeah, they're more sensible size now, but they're still they're still pillows, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, will you be happy to get back in the pool? I won't be able to, so I'm getting given positions. Some lifeguard you are. I know. That's what I I'm, get- <laughs> I'm getting given positions where I won't have to go in. So, for example, on the bridge in a queue line where I can just rotate them rather than having worry to go in. Fair enough. It's keeping you nice and dry. Right? Makes you have yeah. to get like a boot, a protective <laughs> like big uh, plastic sheet over your foot so it doesn't get wet then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Mike? How are you doing? Yeah, unlike Hopalong, I've actually been w- working quite a lot this week, mate. So uh, yeah, it's it's been um, it's been busy. My manager's off, and I'm having to cover for his job, my job, help others. Uh, it's just one thing after another. My uh, shower decided to spit water all over the place. I had to turn the water off quickly, mate. It's just been a disaster. My internet's been gone for five days. I've had to drill through my brand new plastered walls. It's just been one of them weeks, mate. To be honest, I'm, I'm quite happy when this whole weekend's over, and hopefully we've got three more points. That'd be nice. The the uh, wall where your internet is and the act of drill through doesn't conjoin to the bathroom, does it? It's not like linked. These problems. No, they're not linked, mate. But uh, <laughs> just the house needs blowing up. So if anybody wants an insurance job, let me know. <laughs> well, moving on to uh, much better things. Oh no, oh no, sorry, it's not, is it? Millwall. So let's uh, nice trip down to London. I believe you went, Andy. I know I, I was working, couldn't make it. Uh, what were your thoughts mm. on the day? It was a good day out. It was nice and warm. That was probably the only positive. Obviously, we saw Tyrese being fit and ready, and he played very, very well. 
if the ball was, you know, a yard or two more over the line, it would have actually been his first goal of the season. But no, nah, it's defending from set pieces, which let us down quite a lot. And the one thing that annoys me is we brought in Aidan Flint to defend on set pieces and their player, I believe it was Charlie Creswell, who got both goals, is one of their tallest players. And we didn't have Flint marking him and he scored off two corners. So, yeah, it was a it was a bit annoying. We did sing the Michael O'Neill song for about 12 minutes before we scored. And then, you know, everyone wanted him out of the club again. <laughs> yes, the uh, I'll give him the start of the season lasted a good quarter of an hour then, did it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was it was good when we were singing it, but um, yeah, Millwall fans were Millwall fans, and it, it it was just a bit of a laugh to be fair. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what about yourself, Mike? Did you catch much of the game? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was it was just a disappointing game, wasn't it? Let's be honest. I think I think most Stoke fans have always said, Luke, you know. We're not expecting you to win every week and we're not expecting you to go and score four or five goals. As long as we feel like you put a performance in and you've done your best, if the referee screwed us over or whatever, that's fine. But um, I think, to be fair, we had, what, two shots on target, Andy, I think it was, if I remember rightly. I don't remember the two shots, yeah, to be honest. I think it was two um, shots on goal. I think Tyrese's was one, oh, which yeah. obviously everyone thought it was over the line, including myself. But... Um, yeah. I can't remember the second one, to be honest. No, I can't. That's what I was thinking. I thought it was one, but I checked the stats and it says two. But yeah, yeah I mean, so without without Tyrese, well, the goalkeeper's you know, spilling Tyrese's shots, nothing mm-hmm. else really happens. Nothing. So I think either way, on a game where you have one half-decent shot on target, it's not good enough in any match. I don't care what league you're in. So, yeah, I think the fans were good, um, as always. I just think that unfortunately it's let him down. And you're right; it's funny what you said about the whole, uh, you know, giving the manager time. Uh, obviously, the comment that went out online from the club with the video saying, you know, back the team and everything. Um, I'm not saying those people turned. I'm just saying there was a lot of people saying, yeah, back him, back him, back him. And then after the game, it was all sack him, sack him, sack him. It was literally it, uh, it changed. Yeah, it's it's a shame that it, it's happened how it is, mate. Um, it would I mean, we, I think we all predicted draws from Ever Riley. I think maybe I one of you predicted a loss. A loss. Did you? I you? predicted a one 0 yeah. loss. So, obviously, you were the more realistic person. Me and Dan, I think, both went one one actually. So, yeah, it, in a short, very long way of answering your question, Dan, it was a just a pretty bad day overall, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, it's a pretty bad day for us. I mean, there's not really much to answer, to, you know, to add to that. Um, obviously, for me, I'm thinking Smallbone. Hopefully, his introduction. You know, we did. We seem to lack the creativity, don't we? And at the minute, with time and on the left, we didn't have Clark. Clark didn't really give us anything on the right side. No, so, like I think when you're playing wing backs, you need two people who can get forward. Tommy Smith had it in his locker. He didn't always show it, but occasionally he would be able to get forward and put a ball in. And I think we need, if Clark's going to be playing that position and we're going to be playing this formation, he's got to be able to get forward a bit better than he is doing currently. Yeah, and, um, and Gail as well, mate. I mean, you, you can't you can't keep pumping the ball long at times and expecting bypassing midfield and expecting them to do something with it. Gail ain't going to be a you know a Jacob Brown where he's pulling defenders away and you know and create space for tight. It's not that type of a player. If we're going to be playing these types of players, we're going to have Smallbone use them. You know, let them be the the feed to the strikers. I, you're right. 
I don't, we'll get on to probably formations, mate. For me, I'm really starting to question this formation, especially, and again, we'll get on it, but especially at home, we cannot be playing five at back. If he wants to do it away from home, invite the pressure, hit on counter-attack, I get it. Not at home. I will say one thing about the five back. I thought Wilmot did a better job last season than what Clark is at the moment as a wing back. Really? Wilmot, Wilmot at centre back likes to get forward, doesn't he, a bit when he's on the right hand side? And I feel like he does a better job at wing back. But he's playing on the left side of defence. I think we saw it in pre season. He's not a left sided centre back. So God knows why he's playing on the left hand side of it. The, Lack of options is, is probably the answer, mate. Yeah, that you... is, that's probably the reason. If you play three centre-halves, the one who plays in the middle generally is your ball carrier. He's your man who can step out from the back line, carry the ball into midfield and become like an extra option that where you then you're outnumbering their midfielders because you've got somebody who's brought the ball into it. And obviously that man's Harry Suter. And when he isn't there, you do have to question whether this is the right formation for us. And Flint when is a ball-carrying centre-back. Connor Taylor wants to, but it's... He's still a bit raw, so he gives the ball away a little bit too much to be that player that everyone else can count on. And if, if he gives the ball away, unfortunately, he, he would be doing it in a bad position. So you're right, mate. Jags isn't the, isn't the player. Flint isn't the player. Taylor isn't yet the player. Um, so it doesn't work. Yeah, Connor Taylor's learning. You know, that was his first game in the Championship, wasn't it? He had one substitute, one substitute appearance for us, like, what, nearly two years ago? And since then... You know, he's been at Bristol Rovers in League Two. Yeah, he's done very well. He's got rave reviews and he did very well on Saturday. Uh, something we'll just touch on in a second. But he he's still learning the, the art of being a championship player. Like I say, he's very, 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 very young. And like I say, to be giving him that kind of responsibility is possibly unfair. <laughs> um, what we have got also is so a new feature that we said we'd do is the we're going to get a review. Um, so if obviously we speak to people, and you'll hear this podcast every week, uh, that we speak to a supporter from the club that we're going to be playing. Well, now we're going to speak to them after the game as well and get the thoughts on how they thought the match went. Uh, so here's what the, uh, the Millwall podcast have had to say. A quick little review of Millwall's match against Stoke City on Saturday, which obviously ended 2-0 to the Lions at the Den, with Charlie Cresswell getting both on his full league debut. Um, it was a really, really good uh, first 20 minutes from Millwall. They came, you know, came flying out the blocks, early doors. And, you know, we just we looked like the, the team that was in the ascendancy. I think that was probably, you know, a bit, a bit of a mixture of things that the crowd, the middle uh, crowd were there in, were there in their numbers the other day. And it was an absolutely superb support, as always, um, from the Millwall fans. And that really drove the team on to, to start the game really well. And, and we did. And, you know, I felt like the first sort of 10 minutes, it was a lovely applause, uh, minutes of applause for Phil Walker, who sadly lost his life a couple of weeks ago. Um, and just following that... Um, uh, you know, we went ahead. George Honeyman put a, put a really good ball into the box from a corner, and Charlie Cresswell finished off with a really nice header um, to make it one 0 to the Lions. After that, Stoke came into the game probably about thirty five minute mark. You know, tested ourselves a little bit, uh, but Barkowski fumbled but managed to get back and, and stop the ball from going over the line. Uh, but in the second half, just wanted us to sort of, you know, maybe just do what we did first half. 
But we were even better. I thought we were even better than, than we were in the first half. We came flying out once again. And we were unlucky not to be 2-0 ahead when Tom Bradshaw volleyed home only for the Lino to give offside. Um, but it wasn't long after Millwall were ahead. And I thought Cresswell, once again, fantastic finish with this time with his volley. Um, but, you know, following that, Millwall sort of saw it out. It was a, a really nice performance from Millwall on the opening day. It was a really encouraging performance. And it's one that, you know, a lot of the, you know, all the fans went, all the Millwall fans went home, went, went home happy. And, um, yeah, they, they deserved it. They were superb, as always, on, on Saturday, the Millwall fans. Um, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a good match, good good way to start. And, um, yeah, I hope, that, hope that's a good review. Uh, that was, yeah, pretty much it. But, yeah, Millwall sit top of the table and it finished Millwall t- Mill 2, Stoke City 0. Uh, cheers, thanks for that. Um, yeah, it was pretty much just sort of summarised the game. And I think, yeah, uh, just pretty much what we've said there. They were the better team, deserved the win. And yeah, we're going to go from there. So I think it's time we moved on from this this um, yeah miserableness, don't you, lads? <laughs> yes, please, mate. I don't think anyone wants to relive this again, to be honest. So the, the shorter, the better. <laughs> uh, so one more thing, just to round it off. Man of the match results. Uh, so yeah, these are on Facebook only now. So yeah, last year they were on Twitter, and I, because mainly it was me who put them on, would get stick uh, week after week for picking the wrong players because I could only pick Rightly three. so, use <laughs> every bit of stick you got as well. They gave you stick, but when I went to away games, I was the one giving you the names. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I will come clean I was, about that. I was taking one for the team there, Andy. I was protecting <laughs> you. <laughs> no, no, I'll be honest about it. <laughs> um, so. This year we've got on Facebook because on the, if we do a poll on Facebook, um, everyone can be on there. So basically, if they play 10 minutes or more, they're on that list and you can vote for them. Uh, anyway, so this week we had a couple hundred votes as well. So, you know, so it's pretty decent for a first one. I knew we were happy with that. Uh, Josh Time and Tyrese Campbell were in joint sixth place. Uh, they got one single vote each. Uh, fifth place was Harry Clark. With one percent of the vote, Ben Wilmot got two percent. Um, Josh Lowon got six percent. He was in third. Second was Joe Bursey, got twelve percent. And then, with a whopping seventy-two percent of the vote, was our full debutant Connor Taylor. So yeah, very um, obviously streets and streets ahead there. Every unanimous decision. I think we can all say. For the mathematicians amongst us, you probably would have added that up and thought, well, that's only 93%. So what's happened? Where's it gone wrong? Well, somebody added fans in as an extra option and they got 7% of the vote, which would have put them third. <laughs> so, to be fair, well we were pretty fans. good. We were pretty good. <laughs> How so, many yeah, times so... did the Michael O'Neill uh, whiskey song get sang, Andy? So for about three times in the first 10 minutes. Straight away, it was it was like on loop. Um, probably at the and half hour mark, the half hour mark, everything sort of calmed down, and we were picking up the play a bit again. So it started getting sung again. And as the second half kicked off, we started it, and just before the end of the game. Hmm. So probably a lot more than what you're expecting. I was, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> there are quite a lot of fans who are sensible about it as well. Who, you know, you've got the odd one who's a bit of a. I'm not going to say any harsh phrases but you've got those around who expect you to like you say score four or five goals a game and when you're trying to play out from the back saying oh just hoof it long get it down football's more than just that let's move into the news then
Yes, and let's start with some transfer news. So, first of all, a player who could possibly be returning to the club. He's been out on loan for what seems like an eternity. We gave him a nice, shiny, I think it was five-year contract, did we? And then he's all yeah. played since. <laughs> uh, but Tom Edwards. Uh, now, I noticed that it was, it was said, uh, Red, New York Red Bulls have said he was, he's been away for a week for personal issues. So, so we don't know what that is. Um, could it be a return to Stoke? There, are, there have been rumours that, that Stoke have basically said either he comes back or Red Bulls buy him permanently. Is this Stoke trying to drum up a, a permanent transfer so we can get some funds? Or are we trying to sort of like, we, we either want to play it or we want some money? Because we, um, we need a, a right wing back ourselves. I mean, personally, I never wanted to see Edwards go in the first place. I mean, when, when O'Neill came in, they were talking about this five at the back and he likes his wing backs. I thought Edwards could have really been moulded into that position a little bit like Tymon has been, you know, mm. and, and built on from there. I mean, for me, Whenever I watched him previously, when he was playing um, quite well, actually, I, he wasn't ripping up any trees, but, you know, he was making those attacking runs. He was questionable when it was, you know, balls to the back post. The amount of times the guy was beaten at the back post was ridiculous. So if he managed to get that out of his game, he's got the attacking side of things. If he's if, if he has improved in America, which I think it's been mixed reports, but, you know, hopefully he has. I, I mean, let's face it, after Clark, we've got nobody. So Edwards, is, at the very least, is an adequate backup until January, and then you can reassess your options. So, yeah, for me, mate, I would have him back in a heartbeat. I'm not going to claim he's going to be the best thing since Blast Spread because we don't know. None of us have seen him for that long. But, um, yeah, 100%, mate, I think it's probably a personal issue. I think we're probably reading too much into uh, what it is. But I think it is that case. It's either Luke... You know, Tom, do you want to come back? Uh, if you come back, you'll fight for your place. If not, then, yeah, loans are done now, mate. We need to sell you. I think it probably is. You know, take all the money. Take all the, the loans, uh, fees away. Take the wages away and just cut ties or stay. Make your mind up. Mm, yeah, basically, like, why he's still got a decent amount on his contract and we can get, you know, command a, you know, a little bit of a fee for him. It's decision time there, maybe. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, the other way, we've got Congolo on trial as well. He's a Fulham, Fulham player. So, defender, left-footed, just what the doctor ordered, and Andy, just what we need for a yeah, bit of balance to the back line. Obviously, Michael O'Neill said that when it was at the start of his trial last week that there's still a long way to go with it, and I think there's still quite a long way to go with it. I've not heard much news about it since it was announced, really. But I think it's taken such a long time because he's been not playing as much as what he normally does. Obviously, he's got his international experience, but I believe since he's been at Fulham, he's only played three or four games in the space of a couple of years. Yeah, so, I mean, do you think this is... I mean, we, we do we need a left-footed centre-back, don't we? we? It's rather than shoehorning people like Wilmot, Taylor, uh, in or... You know that even if we bring a left footer, it's going to be like Morgan Fox. So it is. I think it's just as important that we get somebody in for that position as it is that we get maybe a, another attacker in. Personally, yeah, yeah, of course. It adds obviously. balance, though, doesn't it? It, it, it needs to. Mate, it adds balance. You can't have a right footer playing at left centre back. It it really doesn't work. It's all right if you're playing a back four, but if you're playing a back five like we are, 
you need the left-footed player on on the left. Obviously, you've got Tymon, who's a left-footed at left wing back, so it only works right. We don't need a world beater. We don't need a world beater there, Dan. It literally is, mate. Just just get that position done. If he's just a bog standard championship level defender, that's fine. It takes a headache away. It gets that balance. It gets a structure in the actual defence. And then we can worry about those other bits a bit further forward. That That's all it does for me. I can't say... I tell you, tell you what, I bet 99% of Stoke fans have never seen the guy. So we can't see how good or bad he probably is. So if, if he's an option... My, my worry with it a little bit, and I don't know if it's a worry, again, it's over-analysing it. He's been on trial all week. If he would have blown them away, would he not have been signed by now? It's the only thing that's in the back of my mind. Or we're just taking a really yeah. big loop. Maybe they're, maybe they're trying to charge us a big loan fee or something. But well, I, for me, yeah. if he's blown me away, he, he should be here by now. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's, if they, is it worth the deal that they're having to pay for him? Like you say, is he on decent money? Because he's, he's an old Dutch international, isn't he? And yeah, he's, he played about, I think he's played about 12, 13 games for Netherlands. Yeah, he's played for Feyenoord, Monaco. Uh, played for Huddersfield in the Premier League. He's uh, not played for little clubs specifically, has he? He's played. No, so he's probably teams. gone to Fulham. Yeah, he's probably gone to Fulham on a decent wage, and they're probably in no no need to sort of sell or get rid. They probably just like, well, yeah, take him, but you'd be paying this much because somebody will, because somebody will probably come along and take him. You know, there's a month left in the window yet as well. So you know, teams like Fulham trying to loan these kind of players out aren't at the desperation stakes yet. That's why usually you see like you know a lot of clubs waiting till late in the window because they can get better deals on like the wages and, and stuff regarding loans. And Dan, so you... I don't wanna, I don't want to kind of dunk, uh, kind of stay on this one for too long. But how weird is it that we've got him on a, on a trial for a loan player? That doesn't happen. It's I either you loan it... or you don't. What, what what do you think the thought process is behind that? I think it literally is that. The, the, we've just got wage constraints, haven't we? We've got budget constraints, and Michael O'Neill knows he can't waste a penny of this of of his budget if he wants to get he wants to get the best players possible for the amount of money that he's got available. And I think he can't rush into deals like this and end up with a dud because they, you know they're probably right. looking at his fitness as much as anything as well. He's only played like one game a season the last two years, so they, you know is he fit? Is, has he got a, has he got a long-standing injury that means he, you know after two days training the third day he can't he, he never can never train because his knee blows up like something. You, you, we don't, I'm not saying he has. I have no idea. I've not heard anything. But you, I suppose they want to be looking closely at stuff like that, don't they as well? So I suppose what we're what you're basically saying as well is that we're saving all of our wonga for a certain player that you might want to discuss next. Yeah, because I don't think he's come that cheaply either. I think it's not seen as half the half the country want him. <laughs> um, but yes, Liam Delap. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that, Andy? We are in need of a target man, and it is what we need, especially if we're going to play a different formation at home that involves a target man or even changing formation middle of the game. And from what I've seen of him in the youth ranks at Man City... He's, he's pretty decent. I think there was a goal he scored for the 23s where I think Man City were down 3 or 4-0 and he shot, shot it from about 30 yards out and it went in. Didn't bother celebrating, just ran back to the centre circle. So he's a player that 
He's got a lot of hunger. And it might be nice seeing him reunite with Roy Delap. Roy Delap signs a new contract, long throw in the 85th minute. He scores the header. Oh, we could have reunited him on the pitch with Charlie Cresswell, couldn't we, if we'd have signed him from Leeds as well? <laughs> after, We're not mentioning that, Cresswell. That not was after the, that Millwall. Was, yeah, that was the that was the most um what shall we say, the tal- full of talent kids walking around the pitch with yeah. the dads they've ever seen. It's turned out. Got two <laughs> two Premier League footballers on there that we didn't even know about ten years yeah. ago. Send Gary Rowett a message. Can we have him? Just, just, just for a game or so. <laughs> We're having What's a lads, interesting? lads and dads football. <laughs> what well, I had an interesting conversation earlier when we were talking about Delap. So, I personally, I think four three three works really well. Now, hmm. someone made a very fair comment, and I haven't actually got an answer for it, but I want to see what you guys think. So, for me, a four three three is Delap in the middle. Obviously, is more of a target kind of man. And you would then have, obviously, another striker either side. So Campbell speaks for himself. Now, obviously, then we've got Jacob Brown, Dwight Gale, pretty much. There's a scattered of Tezgal, but let's forget Tezgal. So my problem here, or or Michael's problem, is going to be about keeping these guys happy because you don't drop Tyrese. He's not going to sit on the bench. And also, he's, he's one of our main outlets. Delap ain't coming here to sit on the bench. And then we've got Dwight Gale that's just signed, who ain't going to be wanting to come here and sit on a bench. So how does Dwight Gale fit into a 4-3-3? Is the answer he doesn't? And he, we have to play some other combination. <clears throat> None <throat> of them are going to sit on a bench. <laughs> that's that's a good question, to be fair. You've got to add Brown into the just... mix as well, Scottish international. Yeah, it's harsh on Brown. You, and Brown was a top goal scorer. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my next question is going to be, who does this spell bad news for? <laughs> I mean, you've got to say, um, to be honest, Dwight Gale. If, if we're only going to play two, Gale's going to be dropped. He's not going to drop Tyrese. Well, He's never going to do that. So, if we change formation, if we go 4-3-3, who's playing on the left? Because Campbell, Campbell's got to play on the right. Campbell yeah. plays on the right. It's this a question I mean. of, do you play, like, I know DiMaggio's not the biggest player, but DiMaggio, I believe, is left-footed. He can cross it in. He can use his right, but DiMaggio's probably all right at being on the bench. Brown is right-footed. He can cut inside, but Gale isn't a winger either. Gale doesn't play out on the wing. No, no Gale, which Gale, means he's not going to stretch defenses. I mean, we're yeah, we're going to have so, a very big hole. So this is hole. the problem here. Do you play the strikers or the forwards in a sporadic role that if you're not playing well, you're going to be dropped out of the team? But then are you not are you to fall into the trap of not giving them enough time? I know that's the whole problem we've got at the moment. Like we bought I mean, it's a nice problem. Game. Yeah, it's a nice how problem about, having enough quality, but how about four two three one with the lap behind Gale? Behind? So Gale is your obviously Gale's your poacher, so he's got to be close to closest to goal as possible. And then in sort I like of like, that. and then Delap is sort of like your number ten role. So the ball goes up to him. He's the man you hit with it. Obviously, he can. He's good with his feet. He's good in the air. He can knock it on. He can knock it into the wide positions. He can hold it and play. Knock, knock it out wide to either side. And he's got Brown and Campbell, you know, providing the width and the pace. Or has Dean Holden got his Twitter DMs open? We can send him a message here. This is or, perfect. Even. If we can get a decent left back in, 
or if you trust Morgan Fox as a left back, it's probably his most natural no, position. It's the no, only one he's competent no. in. <laughs> no. Don't you want to? No. Don't even finish that sentence. Morgan Fox is not playing left back. Okay, so we get. He can play centre back, don't he, at the moment? So then we need a left back so that we can put. Imagine Tymon and Campbell Ooh. either side of Gale and Delap. Why is that dangerous? Because <laughs> Dan like said it. it and it's a load of nonsense. I like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, yeah, but, we uh, like that. Yeah, it makes sense. Think, Timing hasn't got to worry too much about his defensive duties in that formation either. He can literally just concentrate on whipping them balls in for Gale, and then you'll have Gale making the near post runs and Campbell coming in the back post. If Congola works out, I believe Congola has played left back in his career as well. Like Wilmot we can play right back. This is go. it's all falling into place. Message Michael O'Neill right now. <laughs> <laughs> Get it signed. Get this to, on. To Get... sign me. <laughs> Tyrese is going to listen to this and he's going to be like, yep, Michael. Look. He's going to go in there, mate. Next day, hey, mate, I've had a brilliant idea, Michael. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> Agent Ty strikes again. Dean Alden's just knocking on knocking on Mark O'Neill's door Friday. Come on, hey, boss. The, the lads are waiting. In a minute, Dean, I'm just listening to this. Two seconds. I'm just taking some notes here. This is cool. <laughs> You will get an email. You're working for the recruitment, boys. <laughs> anyway, get, we better get, move on here. <laughs> get, get, get Congo up here now. Get the paperwork done. Come on. He's, he's, he's... Oh, I love this. Move on. Move on quickly. Oh, so, yes, in other news, because we just spent an eternity on those three transfers. So, yeah, let's move on. So, women. So, there is the meet the manager, meet the, meet the manager, meet the chairman, meet the new chief executive night and basically one of the things discussed was that the their funding for the women's team has been greatly improved which is fantastic news because uh i think it were they were greatly underfunded <laughs> beforehand uh so yeah it didn't take uh a european championships win because this came before that and i believe that um obviously from our um sort of you know contacts within that that all this was arranged at the start of the summer as well. So fair play to the club. They're not bandwagon jumping with this. They, it's something they were doing anyway, whether England got knocked in the group, knocked out in the group stage or went on and um, did themselves proud and won the European Championships as they ended up doing. So, yeah, what do, what do you think about this, Mike? What, what, the funding, the yeah. women being treated fairly and given a chance for once? Absolutely, mate. Yeah. So the, obviously they're, they're doubling the amount of money that they're, they're spending on, on the women's team. So but it's, it's it's never a bad thing, mate. I think that the obviously the, the Euro win for the for the Lionesses as well came at a good time for them. Um, but you're right, mate. It's, it's had their real bearing. Um, I mean, personally, I know they said they're not going to go professional right now because I think they were, I think John Coates was asked that if I remember rightly in, in the meeting. Um, so yeah, they decided not to go professional right now. But I think that's potentially a plan maybe in 12 months time i think women's football has obviously had a a big influence this year i think it's been major I mean, what was the biggest attendance ever i think it was at, at wembley or in the european final whatever it was male or female uh, i can't remember the exact specifics but I think it, basically that's what they said um so obviously that's pretty impressive but yeah i mean it's, it's good to see mate i mean i know we're we're quite lucky and i might be stealing your thunder here but obviously lou roberts the, the first team coach you know she's going to be doing a weekly 
uh, update for us, isn't she, in terms of how things are getting on, results, etc., which is which is amazing. Um, so yeah, you know, Luke, we're we're fully behind the women's football team. Uh, we are, it's it's nice to see. I'm going to be taking Josh to a couple of games next season. He's really interested, and I think it's it's just because it's it's just because it's not been in the on TV as much as the men's football. I think people think it just wasn't there, but I, th- I think it's one of them things, mate, that's going to keep growing. And um, yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. But uh, yeah, absolutely no problems from my side, mate. It's good to see. I was going to throw an early stat out. You know, the stat off comes later on. But did you know the three biggest attendances in Europe this season were all at women's games? Oh, really? Yeah, they had uh, Barcelona. Barcelona did it twice. Yeah, Barcelona had 91,553 watched them play Real Madrid. They then broke that record again for 91,648 when they played Wolfsburg in the Champions League. And then you had the uh, final of the European Championships last Sunday. Nice. You spotted something on the Stokes side earlier on, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. I was just, I was just flicking through randomly, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, seat sales, literally seat sales. So Stoke have obviously done all the different, you know, eighteen sixty three lounges and all the different things up, um, and they've started now to offer uh, the seats. So if you think about like the tall red big back velvety chairs that they have with the Stoke logo on, um, and uh, okay, a pre embossed. Uh, Gordon Banks' signature, I think, is on it. Um, so, yes, yeah, they're basically selling them now because obviously they're, they're no longer needed. So uh, it's 50 quid for that particular chair. They also have the cheaper, um, like more banquet ones, I guess, is maybe what you'd call them. I'm not quite sure, but uh, they're like £18.63, which is interesting. Um, so, yeah, I like basically, what done it, yeah, if you can, <laughs> if you've got spare money and it, it floats your boat, then you can go and buy them. I'm sure, you know, there's a, there's a link on the Stoke app and Stoke site. Go and have a look at it. I mean, for me, it's nothing I'm interested in. I don't particularly want to chair. I've got I've got plenty of them at home. I'm all right. Some people will love that, and that's cool. It's just not for me. Are you going to be purchasing any, Andy? I don't really have the money to be purchasing at the moment, but it's not really anything I really need. If they were... <laughs> the, the, me and Mike discussed this beforehand... They were probably going to be given away anyway or chucked away. So, you know, if they don't sell them all, they'll probably just give them away. So, whatever the club thinks is best, let them do what they want. Nice. And uh, from seat sales, it's Segway Central tonight. From seat sales to shirt sales. So, I believe these uh, new shirts are still flying off the flying off the uh, hangers, Andy. Yeah, they are. So. Obviously, we knew after the first day and the first week they put out saying, oh, they've broken records. They're continuing to break records. It's now the highest kits that they've ever sold in the first two months. They have ordered um, a new order of shirts because they've sold a high percentage of the original order they have from Macron. They've not said how much that is, but they've said the order is expected to be here just in time for Christmas by mid-November. So if the shirt you want is not in your size, well, you've got to wait till mid-November now to pre-order it. Uh, well, if money's bought... tight, wait till the end of the season and pick it up for about 15 quid. It's up to you. I think they did it. My mate got one for about 10 quid at the end of the season last game. Just well, like this, that. This is it. By the time November comes, you will be getting a lot of people who haven't got it to be looking thinking, unless you're getting it as a Christmas present, I could wait about 
what, 12, 14 weeks and they'll probably start being reduced. The club aren't going to like this, mate. Them. We're costing them a fortune here. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, as well, without getting too political about this, the gas and electric bills will be going through the roof by November. <laughs> There'll be no money for this shit. And I wouldn't surprise me if, if they do a couple of offers and stuff, but yeah, I mean, October's a, a bad, bad time. So, uh, but like I say, come out of wool. <laughs> yeah, but like I say, you know what? For winter games, that would be nice, <laughs> <laughs> especially against Blackburn last season. That was awful. Anyway, we, I think we brought up a bit of positivity there. Let's not lose it. So yeah, let's let's uh, move on to the Blackpool game. So, football at the back 265 is back, boys. Uh, and, of course, not the only thing that's back. What else is back is the scatter. So, I'm going to let you go first today, Andy. Oh, so, you're, you're ever so nice, Daniel. Fire away. Ever guys. so nice. So, the last five league meetings between Stoke and Blackpool have seen just five goals in total. Two for us and three for Blackpool. With both games last season ending 1-0 with both away wins. So we won away at Blackpool, which you two went to. And obviously Blackpool won at home last season, which was probably the most drab game we had all season. Uh, adding to that, Blackpool have won five of the last eight league away game, league games against Stoke. But those victories have spanned from 1977 to 2022. So there's quite a big gap between them. Obviously, we know we lost our opener against Millwall. We have only lost our first two league games in a second-tier campaign on two previous occasions, which is 1986 and 87, and 2019-2020 to 2020 of recent times. And we know that season, I believe, we finished 15th. So if we do lose, I, d- I don't want to worry about what's going on, but, you know, it could be worse. As well as that, Blackpool are looking to win consecutive league games for the first time since a run of three ending in March of last season, where the second was a win... That was a 1-0 against Stoke. So, you know, it's not good for us news with them coming here with one goal each way and Blackpool wanting to go on a run of wins. As well as that, Blackpool manager Michael Appleton has only lost two of his 12 league games in charge of Blackpool with each game taking place in the championship. It's finished. Yeah, I, th- I think so. <laughs> Get yourself a breather. I thought I didn't know whether you were off for air. I was done. Go on. Uh, right, are you ready? Are you ready for mine? He's ready. He's steady. Let's go. So, no home win and only one goal scored at home versus Blackpool since 2001. 21 years we've scored one goal at home. No, but that's only been three games, so it's not so bad. Yeah, that adds uh, up to the facts of 1977. It's such a long span. <laughs> As you mentioned, both games last season were one 0 away wins. Um, so this is the first time we've gone to a game bottom of the league since Nathan Jones was in charge. Oh, god, three years ago. Uh, point if you're going to look at points per game, which is something we're going to keep track of this season, obviously, we've got zero points from one game, very early doors, but this is the same as we've had in seven of the last 10 seasons, and um, quite easy to work out at this stage, but we are three points behind where we were. Season after one, well, that day. took a while to work out. I bet <laughs> it did. Uh, nothing takes a while to work out on my super spreadsheets. If it makes you feel any better, we're only bottom of the league on goal difference. <laughs> so, home form last season, we had 10 home wins, 
uh, which there's only one season in the last 15 that we've had more. And uh, that was 11 in 2019-20. So, so yeah. my negative stat becomes positive with you then? It does. Uh, we only failed to score in five home games last season. We kept nine clean sheets and we only conceded two or more on seven occasions. So only. We had, so, yeah, we didn't have a... That's not bad. That's, yeah, compared to other seasons, it's yeah, not true. bad. Yeah, <laughs> true. That's what I was comparing it to, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we... Uh, it didn't feel like we had that good a home season last year, but statistically, no. apparently we did. I think uh, it was due to the fact that things just... You had, like, three wins on the bounce, and then you'd lost, like, three in a row, and then... You have a win, lose two, win three. Yeah. It was so inconsistent. Um, Appearance-wise, Jacob Brown will be making his 100th Stoke appearance if he gets on the pitch on Saturday. And there will also be a full full home debut for Connor Taylor, a home debut for Aidan Flint, Harry Clark, Josh Laron, Dwight Gale, Kilkenny, Smallbone, and a possible full a possible debut altogether for Liam McCarran. Maybe they can go an all score on the debuts. That'd be nice, wouldn't yes, it? Yes, it would. It um, would be nice. Tyrese Campbell is still one goal behind Nick Powell for the top scorer in the current squad for Stoke. Uh, Campbell on twenty three, Powell on twenty four. Grabs two. Yes, so we could do with him overtaking him on Saturday, couldn't we? Uh, Attendance-wise as well, this is the second successive season that we're having a ticket deal for Blackpool at home. Uh, Last season, 26,384 went in, uh, which was 2,800 over the next highest attendance last season, uh, which obviously was because it was the 50th anniversary of the League Cup win. Um, Last season's average was 20,921. So, interesting to see how this ticket deal does compared to last year's. I feel like considering it's first home game, it could do brilliantly. Just to point out, boys, now, I know historically, whenever we've had ticket offers, so if you have a ticket offer, we've got a fullish stadium, the manager needs a win, everyone's feeling confident, it only ever leads to a loss. Well, sorry, it does. That's your quiz later on. Oh okay. no! Well, we'll see. We'll see. We might not want to do a quiz after last week. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what, though, boys. In terms of them stats, I'm saying it now. Nobody, nobody, does it better than you two. So, brilliant work. You know, what? I might have to add that into my Twitter bio, Mister Statistician, <laughs> rather than one third of the statistician with Dan on the every step along the way. <laughs> um. So, yeah, let's uh, move more into the game now. Uh, obviously, you know, we love our audio. And, um, yeah, we've got some from Blackpool. So let's have a listen to their thoughts out of the game. It's been an interesting few weeks as a Blackpool fan. Um, I think the departure of Neil Critchley undoubtedly set us back a little bit in terms of recruitment and preparation for the new season. Michael Appleton's come in. He's changed the style of approach, so we're looking at a 4-3-3 with a more progressive midfield rather than the 4-4-2 with a flat midfield under the previous manager. So that's meant that our recruitment's changed a little bit as well, where we're looking to bolster the numbers in midfield. Looks like Charlie Patino from Arsenal will be coming in uh, this week ahead of the game, so hopefully we can see him from the bench on Saturday. We've also made a couple of other signings in there. Luis Fiorini coming in from Man City on loan, who impressed on Saturday. 
um, and we've made a couple of other signings as well. Other other place in the field, Dom Thompson, the left back on a permanent from Brentford, who had a really good debut on Saturday. So I expect him to play unless he suffered from. Well, he did get a knock and came off on Saturday, so hopefully nothing serious, and he's back in. Otherwise, he might be out. Um, Saturday overall was uh, well. I mean, we won, so it can't have been that bad. Um, but it was also against the a Reading side that's probably a little bit undercooked, just like ourselves at the moment as well. So good to start off with three points and build the confidence, but also, um, yeah, expecting potentially a, a slower start. And, and I think we'd be more than happy with a point on Saturday against a side that's expecting to be higher up the table than us potentially this season as well. In terms of a score prediction, I'm going to go with a one-all draw with optimism, but... Uh, if I'm honest, I could maybe see Stoke nicking all three points if uh, if Saturday's performance is anything to go by as well. Cheers for that, Tom. And uh, obviously now moving in, he's not the only one who gives us some audio. We have the ever-reliable, always here, Graham McGarry. Hi there, this is Graham McGarry giving you once again your Potter's prediction for the first home game of the new season. Things didn't work out very well, did they, last weekend when we predicted Stoke would come back from Millwall with something. Well, let's hope a return to the Bet365 can kickstart their season. Blackpool are the visitors under a new manager and the very experienced Michael Appleton and did really well in their first season back in the Championship last time around. They had a good start to the season and they, of course, will be looking to build on that when they come to the impressive Bet365. Stoke, at the moment, are just having a little bit of a tough time, but fingers crossed they can pull it all together and get themselves off to a winning start in front of those passionate home supporters. It's going to be tough. I don't see many goals in it. You know, it could even be a goalless draw, but I'm going to go for Stoke to edge it with a bit more quality up front. And the Potter's prediction for the first home game of this new season is Stoke City 1, Blackpool 0. Cheers, Graham. Uh, yeah, watching it then, boys. Um, what's your team, Mike? What are you going with? So, I'm going to go 4-3-3. I'm changing the formation. Um and changing the team slightly. So, okay, so 4-3-3, the four at the back, we're having Clark, Taylor, Wilmot and Tymon. We have Lawrence and Baker in the middle uh, and slightly in front of them is Smallbone. On the, uh, I've actually switched these around. It's not, not in his favourite position, but Tyrese Campbell's going on the left of the three. Uh, Brown's going on the right and Gale is going up in the middle. I'm obviously basing that on the fact that the lap doesn't start the match. So, um, yeah, that's my team for Saturday. Uh, Prediction-wise, by the way, 3-1 win. 3-1. So I'll write this in as you say. So 3-1. Uh, what about you, Andy? What are you, what are you thinking? The, the team is pretty much the same, but I've got Campbell on the right and Brown on the left. And I've switched Taylor to be left centre-back and Wilmot to be right centre-back. Um yeah, obviously they both got all right weak foots and they both like to cut inside. If if Delap does sign, obviously I put him as the target man up front and Gale to be an impact sub. But I have gone to follow suit with history and it's going to be a 1 0 win to Stoke. Brilliant. Loving the positivity. <laughs> well, um, I wasn't positive against Millwall and I got that semi right. So. <laughs> We got another binary season if you're your race. 1 0, 1 0. I might just do that for all games, you know. 1 0, 0 0, 1 0 away. 
Keep it up like that. You'll be all right. Just well, call you Tony Pulis and I've done. Well, I'm going with basic and goal. Uh, back four, same again. I'm actually going 4-2-3-1 as my formation. Uh, basic and goal, Clark, Wilmot, Taylor, Tymon, which, when I've written it down, is actually a very, very young back five with the keeper. <laughs> Uh, when I'm looking at it here, I'm thinking like Josh Tymon's probably the oldest one there. What, 23? Yeah, t- going on 24 this season. So Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. Um, Josh Laurent and Louis Baker, they will be protecting and shadowing that defence and making sure that the ball is gotten to Campbell on the right, Brown on the left, and then Smallbone playing the sort of like Nick, T- Nick Powell number 10 position behind Dwight Gale. Um. I do believe there's a possibility that Clark doesn't play and he went off with an injury, didn't he? Well, it was he Wilmot. Picked up an injury. Wilmot. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I think Clark had it. didn't go off as such, sorry. That was a wrong, but didn't he get a heavy challenge toward the end of the Millwall game? Yeah, I believe so. Nothing's been reported on him, so he could be all right. It could be just a bruise or something, but yeah. Wilmot's got a green strain, so if Wilmot doesn't play, I, I, I don't really know who we're going to put in that position, maybe promote an well, under-21. I'd bring Jagielka in. Yes, yeah, I'd have Jagielka in, I think, as well, especially me saying how young that defence is. He could be just the perfect one to come in there, couldn't he? Yeah, he could. And I think uh, if Wilmot's out, he can play there. If Clark's out, Jagielka can play in the middle and Wilmot can go right back Yeah, um, for me. Um, I yeah, like our versatility in the team. It really does help so. when there's an injury. One thing I've seen as well, I mean, we might not need to be at our full strength, and I'm not trying to kind of underestimate Blackpool here, right? But they've got nine players out injured already. So they've had three uh, three more players this week have gone down with injuries. So they're going to have, I think, uh, Keshi Anderson uh, was the latest player to pick up an injury. So he's like, they've got nine players out, guys. Like, they aren't going to be at full strength. So, Christ... Full stadium behind us, pretty well, pretty much. Um, we've, if they've we've, got we've nine got players out injured, it means that their squad size is down to twenty, which is just over a match day squad. Yeah, so I mean, Christ, that's that's more ammunition for O'Neill to be hit with, to be honest. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not feeding I'm not feeding the the naysayers or anything like that, or saying which side I'm actually on, but. Um, yeah, nine players out. We, we've we've got to do something this weekend. We we've got to, haven't we? Really, we have indeed. And um, obviously, we've all just given our predictions there, haven't we? And mine, I'm going to go for a two nil win. I'm going to go with a nice two nil home win. Uh, get a season going. Get the stadium rocking. Get some belief back, and let's you know something to build on going forward. Um. What we are going to be doing this season as well is obviously we all give these predictions, but actually who's who's the best, you know, who actually knows the stuff? So we're keeping track of them. And after one game, Andy and... The, so there's going to be myself, Mike, Andy, Graham's prediction, and then whoever's on for the opposition giving a prediction. And then okay. obviously, yeah, we've also got Twitter and Facebook as well, haven't we? So we'll see. Is it the social media people? Is it our followers? Do they know better than we know? Uh, is it the opposition? Are they more in times? And in fact, the, there were two people who actually said 1-0 to Millwall last week. And that was Nick from the Millwall podcast and Andy. So, well done, you lot. You've got seven points for getting the bang on. You get two points if you get the result right, seven if you get the score bang on. So, well done. Andy, you are top tipster. 
showing me, Graham and Mike, how it's done. You see, you've got to go with sensible ones, and that's why I followed suit with history. <laughs> well, let's hope that uh, at least one of us is right this week. One, two or three goals. I don't care as long as we win this week. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting as well, because obviously Black, Blackpool became last year. I think it was one of our worst performances, to be honest, at home last it year. Was, it was woeful. It was woeful, but they really did a number on us. They they were, yeah. they were they played fantastic, and we never really got a sniff. Didn't we but have like the away game at Coventry, like a game or so prior, and that was drab as anything? We were like, oh, yeah, we'll come back firing against Blackpool. And it was so slow. I don't think we registered a shot on target throughout the whole game. I think most people, mate, are you, that were that used to drab games at the back end of last season. They just merged into one. Yeah. In fairness, so yeah. I think I think it was like because it was the beginning of March, wasn't it? And it's sort of that game, and then there was wasn't long after that that we sort of spurned into life, didn't we? We did actually have a good run in. Yeah. I remember looking at it, and we were we were on this podcast. We were saying that the last eight games we were on paper like. I know you were saying, Mike, weren't you? You, didn't, you couldn't see us winning any of them. And no. all of a sudden... when We, we beat West win... Brom, beat Millwall, yeah, we... beat Blackburn, beat Sheffield United. And it's like, why couldn't we do this? You know, yeah, a few what's months prior. <laughs> the season's dead. Why are we starting playing football? <laughs> what's going on? Um, so, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. The, uh, but they've had a change of manager, haven't they? That's, what, that's the point I was sort of trying to make. I wonder how that sort of high-intensity, um, physical, but not over-physical, sort of meant the um, approach to the game that they had last year. They just wanted it more than us, didn't they? They just runners and runners, and we just could not get going, could not get a foot, a foot on the game. The one player you've got to keep quiet is Josh Bowler. If you can keep him quiet, they've lost pretty much half their firepower straight away. And there's been a couple of bids going in for them this week as well. Yeah, I believe, was it... Villa were after him, Fulham were after him. Oh, wow. So, he's sought after quite a lot. Um, One other thing I will mention is the referee. So, Bobby Madley is the referee. Might sound like a familiar name. Uh, That sounds familiar. Yeah, that's because he used to be a Premier League referee. Um, So, he last refed a game, a Stoke game, which the 1-1 draw versus Brighton. Remember what that's famous for? Is that where Charlie Adam took the penalty, missed it, got saved, and then tried to take it again, and Lewis Dunk cleared it? That is exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yes, he was. The, that's when he last ref the Stoke game. Uh, his other most, his other recent Stoke games were the two-two home draw with Leicester that season, and then the season before he refed us as we lost four-two away at Chelsea. Beat Watford away 1-0 and drew 1-1 away at Man United. So a few mixed bag there. Uh, one, uh, one win, one draw. Uh, one win, one loss and three draws. So, oh, God. Uh, he's back in the Championship now, though. So he's worked his way back up uh, after quitting English football in 2018 and moving to Norway for, uh, for personal reasons. You did have me worried when you said used to be a Premier League referee, but I'm not as worried now. Yeah, so yeah, he quit English football in 2018, moved to Norway for personal reasons, uh, before returning to England in 2020. Uh, his first game back, do you know what it was? I do not. He oversaw a 1 0 Morecambe win against Port Vale. Oh, good man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
his return to the Championship last week, he refereed Wigan v Preston, produced five yellow cards and one red. In 40 games last season, he had 133 yellow cards, six reds and 14 penalties, which I don't know about you, but seems a lot to me, three and a half That is, ex- that is a yeah. lot. Yeah, so oh, yeah. he uh, likes his cards and likes his spot kicks. So as long as we haven't got Charlie Adam taking one, we should be <laughs> all right. So yeah, any, any thoughts on any of that, Mike? What do you reckon? Lewis Baker on for a hat-trick on Saturday? Well, mate, I tell you what, as long as the referee doesn't decide it, I don't really care. We can't rely on the referee to do us a favour. We've we've known that for many, many years. Um, so, yeah, quite frankly, I said 3-1. Um, I think I'm pretty confident Campbell will score. I think he actually, no, Campbell will get two uh, and Smallbone is going to score. Uh, that is scoring your winning goal, Andy. I'm going to go with, if Delap plays, I think he'll score if he's fully signed. But otherwise, I think Tyrese will be on the right if we play 4-3-3. He's going to cut inside like he loves to and put it in the bottom left-hand corner. Nice. I'm going to go for uh, Campbell drawing level with Powell on 24 goals and Dwight Gale getting Stoke account up and running. He draws level. Powell just pulls out, like just comes onto the pitch with like a crutch. Hobbles in. (laughs) Not stealing my record. (laughs) <laughs> kills a 25 yard free kick in the top corner <laughs> walks back off okay. so Super 6 League Mike this is your baby um, I think we're quite impressed with how many people joined up aren't we yeah well um, before we start recording mate it's gone up again so uh, we have officially hit the 100 people in the league table which is what I was really hoping for for start of the season so well done to everybody who's joined uh we can now every single week we're going to have like top four or five people top scores uh we might do a booby prizes in who's who's got one point in this week or anything like that well i'll see how i feel uh if, if i feel like i'm embarrassing you yeah, just don't look at what my score was last week well yeah i mean actually speaking of scores um obviously gaffer is obviously the other one that we've been doing that which is actually uh your baby um Andy, so uh, sorry, Dan, rather, it's your your baby. Sorry, uh, so yeah, how was last week gone? I know that I was like thirty second in the league table, so I just, I just, I was nowhere, quite frankly. So we got fifty three entries, which we were <laughs> a bit, we... so three quarters of the way down. Brilliant. So we were a bit, we were a bit like um, worried, not worried, but sort of um, wondering how this was going to go away we, with Gaffer because we were uh, sort of. Organizing, you know, promoting it on Twitter and on Facebook, but the way Gaffer works is you, your league doesn't get updated until the first week starts. So we had no idea, did we, how many people were joining this at all? We're like, we could have six people in this league, we could have 600, <laughs> uh, and we had 53, which is actually, I think, it's quite a nice number. I think it's decent. Um, I haven't checked where I am in Gaffer, I don't, oh, don't worry, I don't particularly I want to know. <laughs> so First out of all those 53 was Pierce Barwick, who got 94 points last week. Wow. Wow. Nice. He knows, well he knows done. his championship football. Yeah. Uh, well done to him. Uh, and then there was uh, joint second place for Pookie Blinders. I like, I like that. It. I like that. And uh, Jack's team, who both got 82 points. I wonder what uh, team Pookie supports. <laughs> Maybe Norwich. Uh, and as for us three, Mike, you were in 35th place with 45 points. Andy, you're in 24th with 51. 
I thought I had a stinker. And I'm in 11th with 60 points. I picked the Millwall goalkeeper and a defender. (laughs) (laughs) You were clever. You were clever. I knew we wouldn't score. (laughs) (laughs) You slipped him that fiver. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, like I say, we'll we'll keep up with one update. We'll get some top scores out and let everyone know where we are. Are we having any sort of... If somebody out of us three finishes bottom in both gaffer and super six there's got to be a forfeit there's got yeah. to be a forfeit and i know what the forfeit is boys go on then it's not including a veil shirt is it it is close <laughs> is it buying whoever a veil shirt with forrester on the back whoever loses oh. has to go to port veil batch that's join andy Sorry, mate. Sorry. You had to get the dig in. Sorry, yeah. I mean, if if anyone's new, they won't have a flipping clue what we're on about here. But either way, yeah. So the loser has to go to a Port Vale match. I'm not going to say in your stoke top because you want to get it alive. Um, But you've got to go to a Port Vale match and you need to to tweet it out, I think. And that is extremely embarrassing. So that's the forfeit. So basically, just don't feel bottom. Don't finish bottom. Oh, God. So basically, what we what we're saying is that Andy's going to be fixing this now, and he's, he's just he's just looking through who's got long term injuries. He's putting them all on his team. I'm going to put half. Of, I'm going to put three of Blackpool's key injured players into my team right now as we speak. He's just he's just had West Ham beat Man City nine nil. Andy, do you want to just for anyone? We've, we know we've got a lot of new people listening. Yeah. For anyone who's new listening, do you want to just give some context behind this Port yeah. Vale comment? So, because um, it's, it's going to come up during the season. Yeah, so. it's going to come up so much. So um, basically, my mate who is a Vale fan used to be part of the Vale Academy, as well as that, my granddad's a Vale fan. So I've been games of him when I was younger, when Stoke weren't playing. He asked me to go to a game, and it was about five quid towards the end of the season. And to be fair, it was an all right game. James Wilson, you know, players like that. But I put oh, rivalry you aside. You remember, I remember the James names Wilson. Of the players. <laughs> who, who doesn't remember James Wilson, who played for Man United? He played with Powell. Oh, I'm just trying to give you a dick. Sorry. Carry yeah, on. No. But um, so, yeah, I just, I just went because I had nothing to do and my mate was a Vale fan and we, he just offered me to come along. But when it was the playoff final for League Two, I did sit in the Mansfield end, so that sort of recouped. Only my, because you couldn't get a, a seat in the Vale stand, mate. <laughs> and there's another dig. But um, no, nah, it was <laughs> it was it was just a good day out at Wembley, and to be fair, if if it was an option, I know fans who are Stoke fans but don't go away games, so when Vale are at home, they will go and watch Vale. So it's not me you should be digging; it should be them. At least they go to the match. No, you you go to the matches. So anyway, to, let's move on. This, is, this is really harsh on you, Andy. You you go more away games than pretty much anybody I know, mate. So yeah. I apologise for for the abuse. It's what you can do when you're young, isn't it? You can get away with it. And when, anyway, when you said old, Dan? when you said you went with your granddad when you were younger, yeah, did you mean like four months ago, younger? <laughs> <laughs> no, when I was <laughs> properly a kid. Is there anything else anyone would like to mention? Anything you want to get off your chest? Um, no, not really, mate. I'm, I'm taking my little boy to the game this weekend, so I'm looking forward to to hopefully giving him a good uh, a good match. Hopefully, he's got a pretty decent record. He's seen a couple of screamers. He's seen uh, he Wilmot saw the, the Wilmot screamer from last year. So another one like that would be would be great. Um, and no, I mean, yeah, I think that's pretty much. I think I've said everything I wanted to say this week. If I'm honest with you, I'll get one thing off my chest. Back Michael O'Neill. Yes. Amen to that. Amen. Oh, are we quizzing it? 
I think we skipped the quiz this week. I think yeah. people have listened enough to us, Dan. So just um, do you want to tell us the topic or are you going to keep the topic secret until you do it next week? It's a bit out of date next week. OK, it well, tell good. us what tell us what it is. I'm sorry, mate. You put a lot of efforts in, but yeah, it's <laughs> it a bit too out of The last six years, top attendances. So last season was 26,384 against Blackpool. We lost 1-0. And then obviously COVID the year before. And then I've got the six the six seasons before that, the top attendances, what game it was, what the attendance was. We won three and lost three. And I was just saying you could work out which three we won and which three we lost. Oh. Um, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that, that would take a while. No, that, um, that would take what, a just just fill us in, Dan. Tell us what it was, mate, for everyone's benefit, so it's not been a complete <clears> waste of time. I, I could say the relegation game for Crystal Palace for one of them. So... If I said 1920, we'd be, uh, it was Cardiff, 25,436. Did we win or lose that game? Quick fire. Lost. Lost. 1-2-0. Oh. That's a win. So Leeds, 28,586. 18-19. So that was the season, the first season back in the championship. Lost. Didn't, no, I think we beat them. We lost 5-0 at theirs. We beat them 2-1. It was Nathan Jones's first home game in charge. Yes, I remember. Remember. that was yeah. the chest-thumping chest one. That's where it yeah. really, really started. Yeah. Loser. Uh, this, this should be quite easy. 2017-18, Everton, 30,022. Biggest that attendance the, we've had in years and years. Was that the Christmas that. game where it was snowing? Uh, no, no. no. This, this is the year we got relegated. No, not um, a robber tooth inside in this one. Oh well, we lost two one. Just yeah. we did lose most games that season. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder before. why we went down, Dan. Yeah. 2016-17, Tottenham, twenty-seven thousand eight hundred and thirty-five. We lost. We lost four 0 like we did quite often against Tottenham. We did at the end of our time. Recently. Yeah, Harry the Kane and Deli Ali. Harry Kane, Deli Alley have a field day when they play us, don't they? Yeah. Time after time. 2015-16 has surprised me. Southampton was the top attendance. 27,833. Wow. One. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. 2014-15. Well, it's either a win or a loss. There were no draws involved. (laughs) So this is the Begovich one. 2014-15, we played Liverpool. It was 27,602. Was that where we lost 5 3? So, one of the. So, did we beat. We've won one, lost one. Southampton, 2015 16. Liverpool, 2014 15. We beat Southampton. Did we? You reckon, Mike? I don't, I don't know now. No, we beat You're Liverpool. Off lost to Southampton. So, we lost 2 1 to Southampton. And Liverpool was the last game of the season. We won six goals. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yes. just that little game, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I love so, what Shawcross said about that. 5-0 at our time, went to the changing rooms. We didn't say a word. We just burst out laughing. Interesting that there was nearly a 1,000 more people at the game against Leeds than there was Liverpool. Bet they regret that one. We didn't have the corner in by then, though, did we? No, yeah, we filled the corner in the season we got relegated and then got relegated that season. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, basically, the point of that was... Um, that we don't because I as I'm with you, Mike. We get a big crowd in, we always do crap. Uh, but yes, actually, we do win sometimes when we have a big crowd. 
three out of six, in fact. I feel like there, Dan, you've said you're not going to quiz us, but you still quizzed us. So yeah, technically, I mean, we've still done the quiz. I think uh, we can wrap it up now. Uh, all return to the Bet365 on Saturday. Get yourselves yeah. down there, people. Let's make it as close to a salad as we can. Remember Support the, the club. Offer. Get behind them. Let's get three points. Let's start building something from Saturday. All right, lovely. Well, I'll see you Saturday then, boys. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.